Dear viewers, my name is Josh. I'm Jamie. And welcome to A Conversation with Two Geeks, the podcast where we're talking about everything from movies, comics, and everything in between. Today, well, we will be talking about the most recent entertainment news. We first have to address something that just, um, something tragic that just recently happened. Um, actor Chadwick Boseman, most famous for his role as T'Challa in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, as well as his most famous roles as Jackie Robinson in the movie 42 and Jake Brown in Get Up On Up, Get On Up has just recently passed away at the age of 42 from colon cancer. This is an official statement from his Twitter page. It is with um, immeasurable grief that we confirm the passing of Chadwick Boseman. Chadwick was diagnosed with stage three colon cancer in 2016 and battled it these last four years as it progressed to stage four. A true fighter, Chadwick uh, persevered through it all and brought you many of the films you have loved to come so to have come to love so much from Marshall to the five bloods, August Wilson's Ma Rimi's black bottom and several more all were filmed during and between countless surgeries and chemotherapy. It was the honor of his career to bring King T'Challa to life in black Panther. He died in his home with his wife and family by his side. The family thanks you for your love and prayers. And as you continue to respect their privacy during this difficult time to, yeah, so this just dropped at 7.11 um, last night. We're recording this, um, the podcast, um, at 12.56 the next day. I'm really sad and heartbreaking. And um, cancer is the worst. That's all I will say. That's. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's, it's very sad. I feel for. Like he he I really enjoyed his character. I really enjoyed his movie. Like Black Panther was really like one of like my favorite Marvel movies. Mm-hmm. Um and he was an incredible talent and he's been gone he's gone way too soon. And yeah and that was this... so sad. I mm-hmm. feel for his family and everything. Yeah, yeah he was only forty three at mm-hmm. passing and that's extremely young. That's like he yeah. he still had time, and I th- this hit so much home. I, I just I know, buddy. Yeah, this. I'm I'm sorry if I'm not speaking to you guys, dear viewers. Out, I'm still in grief, and you know this care that. I know <laughs> it. It it. We talked about what we wanted to do because this was since it happened last night, and we normally record. <laughs> To um, either on Fridays or Saturdays, mm-hmm. and so we were waiting to see what we wanted to do, and we felt like we really needed to to talk about it, not like just to acknowledge it, because it'd be weird if we didn't acknowledge it. Yeah, and, and it's just very, very sad. Yeah, and I see. I can't even. I don't have any words right now. And also, I apologize, your viewers. I'm really trying my best not to cry. I've been crying all day. This, this, his role and just his work. Mm-hmm. Like I, the first thing I saw him in was in 42, uh, the Jackie Robinson movie, and he was brilliant in that. And I, I, I still need to watch a few of those other movies, like Defy Bloods and Marshall, and get on, get on up. But, um, but him, I thought he was a perfect choice as Black as Black uh, T'Challa. Mm-hmm. I, I thought he was a perfect choice and carried the role with elegance and grace and mm-hmm. throughout all his performances. And I, I, and I just, I'm, I'm still in shock because this came out of nowhere and nowhere. Like there was, uh, the weird thing is that there was something about a few months ago where 
there was kind of a video of him just talking. I guess he was doing an interview or something, and he was looking pale and very pale, very pale. And a lot of people thought, especially including me, thought that it was for his role in The Five Bloods. Mm-hmm. But as it turned out, no, it was because of this. And yeah, yeah. And besides that, I mean, he still like he filmed the movies that we just talked about, but also his movies in the MCU: um, Civil War, Black Panther, um, Avengers. Wait. Infinity War and Endgame. I mean, that's insane. Yeah. And to promote and to also to do those movies as well as do the promotion because promotion takes a long time. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's almost not just the movies, it's promotions, it's interviews, it's red carpet, it's traveling all over the place. And when you're sick like that, Mm -hmm. it's not easy. And so it's extremely like impressive that he was had the strength to do that because that it, like like i've had my own experiences with seeing people with cancer and it knocks you out whatever treatments you get it's not it's not easy so and and yeah i i heavily admire him for being able to somehow be able to do that it's almost herculean yeah. there's no that's the only other word i can describe it. it's hercul it's borderline herculean and i've been looking at interviews with him and he's and looking at like uh, people's other accounts of him and he seemed like a really humble human being mm-hmm. yeah yeah so yeah um we we again when this news dropped i i i felt that we should address as jamie said we we were trying to figure out whether or not we should address it and we felt you know we should address it and also just again to his family to the rest to the rest of the mcu fans this is a sad sad day and i just chadwick if you're oh no buddy we just send condolences to his friends and family and to all you to all you who are his fans we feel for you and it's okay to be upset it's okay to feel whatever you're feeling so yeah um may he rest in peace Mm -hmm. peace power and paradise exactly Um, yes so now we're gonna move on to an ad break yeah so quick ad break and then we'll be back with some more movie and entertainment news we'll see you guys in a minute Um, I want to make a quick correction to a story I talked about. I talked about um, last week concerning the Black Adam, um, Black Adam adaptation. Um, apparently, um, Hot Girl, who I said that was who I said was going to be in the movie, um, she will not be in the movie. Um, this is a quote from Dwayne Johnson. Hot Girl was in our original JSA team. Sadly, it's a complicated story. I'll share with fans down the road, but it opened up the door for. Uh, awesome opportunity for another actress to come in and crush the role of cyclone i believe it all works out how it meant to how it's meant to so yeah um i just want to make a quick correction of that because i saw that like a day after and i was like ah crap yeah i edited i think i edited that part out i think i was able to but yeah so hot girl will not be in the new black adam movie um which i don't really have a lot of strong feelings about i'm not particularly attached to hot girl mm-hmm. um, so we'll just see what what is it cyclone is yeah the, cyclone is who i guess is the character that would be replacing hot girl we'll do yeah 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 definitely and again like my only experience with hawk band and hot girl is uh um legends of tomorrow same yeah so that's that's where we mostly get our um, references from um anyway so actually speaking of fandom fandom was assessed for warner brothers um 
22 million views across 220 countries during its 24-hour run online. And the trailers, especially from Matt Reeves' Batman movie to Justice League, the Sire Cut, generated over 150 million views. So this was a big success for Warners. That's awesome. I think, like I said last episode, I think this was a great idea by DC. And I think it was something that people needed just like something to look forward to because i thought it was mm-hmm. really cool mm-hmm. um and i don't like and that there's a lot of fun stuff and i think it was a great way for them to get out a lot of content for dc fans to see like all the trailers mm-hmm. and everything so and i mean I- we'll see if, if they'll do more or if like maybe marvel or disney or another company will pick up and kind of do something similar well, remember, DC has D23. Yeah, that's true. DC has its... Not DC. Disney has its own... Um, has its own thing. I forgot about that. Yeah, so that's... I mean, that's going to be really interesting to see how that's going to work out. Um, I do wonder if this also means if DC might, you know, leave Comic-Con. I mean, that's definitely been a question posed. I mean, if they... Like, I actually really liked how this worked because I liked it being on um like online and how it was all like just all one one like dc news cycle i did kind of like that um mm-hmm. and like i i was listening to another podcast i was listening to super call radio and because mm-hmm. they were covering dc fandom and what their thoughts were and they said that um warner's got a lot of good promotion from it because it DC and Warner's like took over Twitter for like that few days when it was mm-hmm. online because that's what a lot of people were talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's not. I mean, I mean, if they don't like, it'll be sad for me because I like like my Arrowverse shows always go to Comic Con, mm-hmm. and I do like that about the interviews and stuff like that. But it, I mean, if they trans over transition over to the doing this and stuff, it wouldn't be. I don't think it'd be a bad thing. Yeah. Yeah, I, I I definitely agree as well. I'm just it's it, it's just interesting, and I, mm-hmm. I I don't know if this is a one time, but as you mentioned, I don't know if this is one time thing or not. But it would be interesting moving forward if they continue with this, or even do a bigger version of this, and yeah. essentially make this their D twenty three, so to speak. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, moving on, moving on. Um, we got a statement from Eric Wallace concerning how they're going to be handling a elongated man following the departure of Hartley Sawyer. Um, this is a quote from him. Uh, the beauty of comic book stories and superhero stories are the conventions that hero come and go, but they never fade away and they never disappear entirely. So we're going to treat it like we would if we were writing a comic book graphic novel. We're giving the elongated man a bit of a rest, but we will leave the door open, said Wallace. Who knows what the future could bring? It is unknown. But I'm not saying by any means it's the end of that. That's by any means that it's the end of the character. In fact, quite the opposite. We just don't know when he will return or in what form he will return. And that's the beauty of comic book stories. It keeps it fresh. He goes on to say, there was a whole storyline that involved Ralph with another character, in particular going off on a two-handed journey. A season-long arc that would have involved a whole bunch of twists and turns and that would have played into the season's big bad, which I don't want to spoil. And yeah, we can't do that anymore, he said. However... As is always the case, and this is why I like planning ahead, it turns out to be a situation of some lemons and we made lemonade out of it. We pulled the elongated man out of this particular storyline, and the storyline 
became so much stronger because now it's focused on the other character who I don't want to reveal because it's a surprise. In addition to the statement, um, it's been confirmed by Wallace that Sue Dearborn, who's played by Natalie Dreyfus, will be returning for season seven. So nice. It looks like they are adjusting to what happened to you know the to what happened, and it seems it, it seems like we're kind of getting it. He will be gone mm-hmm. for the rest of the season, and he will he will be gone for the rest of the season. And um, I have a feeling that whole storyline involving Ralph with another character, in particular, going off on a two handed journey, was with. Um, was with uh sue dearborn mm-hmm. as um as because in season seven in um at the end of season six spoiler alert um sue is accused of murdering her parents yeah i would have had a feeling where basically sue and ralph go on the run yeah. so yeah. I, that's the case um again we don't as i said we just don't know when he will return or in what form it might be recasting it might not um i i i'm i, I started to like ralph to be honest yeah and this and when the whole stuff happened with Hartley it was like ah shit yeah I I agree I mean I think they're doing the smart thing is they're not recasting him right away or not trying to force like a recast or anything right away which I think is smart they're giving him a break um we're still keeping Sue which is good Mm -hmm. um because I like Sue and I mean, listen, I, when the season that Ralph was first introduced, I did not like him. Um, but as he got on, I started to really, like, I didn't, like, I started to really enjoy him more and more. Uh-huh. And it's just, it's just a sad situation. But he, um, er, Wallace is correct, where since it is a comic book universe, it is easy to recast and to like there are ways to get out of these situations uh-huh. it's not the end of the world um and we'll yeah. kind of have to see i make i'm very curious i'm glad that sue is coming back i'm very oh, curious yeah, to see too. who the character they are replacing like the whole story with uh-huh. um because that's going to be super interesting yes definitely mm-hmm. definitely as well anyways moving on to our next story um, Powerpuff Girls is getting a live-action series at the CW. Uh, Variety had an exclusive on this in which they reported that a live-action version of the titular characters is in development at the CW. Um, in the updated version, this is a synopsis for the updated version of the series, the titular superheroes are now disillusioned 20-somethings who resent having lost their childhoods to crime fighting. Will they agree to reunite more now that the world needs them more than ever? Uh, the Project Helms from writers have a ringer. Ringer and Diablo Cody, the later of which won an Academy Award for the 2000 movie seven uh, 2007 movie Juno, starring Ellen Page and Michael Sarah. Uh, Jamie, you said you had some stuff on this off camera. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to preface this by saying Powerpuff Girls was one of my absolute favorite things as a kid. Okay, mm-hmm. I adored this show. I thought it was ridiculous and a lot of fun. And I wanted to be Blossom the whole freaking time. Um, so when I heard about this, I'm like, how are you going to make this a live action? Because like my, in my head, I'm just like, I don't understand. Because in my head, all I'm thinking is like a live action Mojo Jojo. Literally, <laughs> that's all that's talking, talking in my head. I'm like, 
it's not so much the girls. Like, the girls, that's fine. But I'm like, the villains in this show are ridiculous. Oh, yeah, they are. They like, are. They truly they're are. They're ridiculous. And, like, you're going to tell me you're going to figure out a way to make them live action that doesn't look super ridiculous. Because this seems like it's going to be very grounded or mm-hmm. something. So, I I don't know. I'm I'm kind of in a wait and see mode. I wasn't really into it, but now that I hear the thing, I'm like maybe it will be okay. Like I I kind of like how they are resenting because I did they were a little, like kids. Yeah, they were kids. They were children. Yeah. So that's kind of interesting. I didn't know that. But literally, all I think about is trying to find a way to make the villain do a action. I'm just like it's not gonna work. I like it's not gonna work. Okay, from that angle, I really didn't think about it, but but yeah. Like, who are they gonna fight? Like, is it gonna be fight? Like, I'm assuming they're gonna have their powers. Uh, they're still gonna have their powers, and yeah, I'm assuming they're gonna still want to like. Maybe they don't want to fight crime, but their villains are probably gonna still be around. Yeah. Right, and that's the villains are gonna the show's gonna be able to use because that's in the universe. So I'm just like. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of in a wait to see as well mode as well, but I'm I'm giving this a bit of a more of a chance because of Diablo Cody. Yeah, I didn't know he won an Academy Award. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. Um, she's done some amazing work with Juno, but also the very underrated and I I think critically needs to get a reevaluation. Jennifer's body. So I'm I'm gonna give her that, but at the same time though, I do understand your concern, like. There is that question of how you're going to bring all this into live action, and it just looked really fired. Especially on a CW budget. Like, yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. It's, 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 this show is going to go one of two ways. It's going to be, like, a fantastic thing that they've done, or it's going to be a complete mess. Like Riverdale. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess. I don't know. But, like, literally, my worst nightmare is Mojo Jojo in live action. I, I just can't wrap my head around that. I mean, I think we can do apes now. I mean, we had... Well, um, yeah. yeah, but, like, it's not going to look like Planet of the Apes. It's on a CW budget. Or what about the Umbrella Academy? I mean, they had the um the um, ape butler there. That's true. That's true. But then again, also, I think Netflix has, like, a higher budget, higher budget than yeah. the CW, but... Then again, also, and I think, and I, and I say this, no, with a full acknowledgement of this, um, the CW has been able to kind of increase their budgets lately, especially when it comes to something like Flash. That's true. I don't know. I, oh, that is true. They did have the um, Grodd. Yeah, they had Grodd. And... CW does have Grodd, but mm-hmm. so they could, that is true. Now that you think about it in that way. So, I mean, but still like, uh, I don't know. Like this, this show is uh, it's gonna be interesting because it's like I don't know. It sounds like they're gonna try to make it edgy, which is interesting. Like not yeah. edgy, but like mm-hmm. a little bit more grown up. Mm-hmm. Um, from that little teaser mm-hmm. thing. So yeah, I I mean, we'll again, we'll have to wait and see. But this mm-hmm. this is definitely a this is definitely something very interesting that came out. I did not expect yeah. this, to be honest. And I. And unfortunately, I've seen a lot on Twitter. People are like, what the heck? Yeah. I'm kind of not into it, but we'll see what happens. Yeah. Um, Diablo Cody, please prove me wrong on this. For real. Yeah. Anyways, moving on. Um, We got some New Mutant stuff, which I believe came out this week. Did it? Because I seen people, like, I saw Dan Merle posted something on Twitter. 
where he was going to do a review or he wanted to or something. I don't know. Actually, that leads us into our main topic. So we got two bits of news. Um, so several noteworthy critics from the AV Club, the Boston Globe, RogerEbert.com, and IndieWire have come out to say that they will not be reviewing New Mutants if they have to attend public screening. With the main yeah. issue being being that the movie are uh, the movie theaters are allowing customers to remove their masks while eating and drinking um, concession items. This coincides with another plea from Doctor Strange director Scott Derrickson, who's who on Twitter said the following. Don't go see Tenet or any other movie in a movie theater. There, I said it. So that, so there, this leads into a whole conversation of are they right and shouldn't avoid movies? Because two epidemiologists reveal, um, I believe it's epi, epidemiologists um, reveal, I think on IndieWire, they were having a conversation with some of the IndieWire people and they're like, yeah, movie theaters are bad. But also, I mean, I get it. I do get it. And it is a bit of a risk, but I feel like they're kind of, I'll talk about this a little bit later, but I think Disney might not have no choice in this matter. But um, it, it, I mean, it is a bit of a risk. But at the same time, no, I can I actually can understand why you know theaters go why some theaters are going to are willing to take the risk because um, and I, I'm just speaking for myself mentally. Um, we've had a really shitty year, so I'm I, I can kind of understand it, but it is a bit of a it is a bit of a risk, and I I will be the first to admit it. And also, dear viewers, if you are planning on going, please be safe, please social distance, please wear a mask. Um, just do all that. So yeah. Anyway, moving on to our next story. So you means uh Vulture just released exclusive regarding the behind the scenes of the movie. Um so this was interesting. Um the original plan was to have this be set in the 1980s, but following the disappointment in box office return of X and Apocalypse, all plans of that was scrapped. Um, that did not um, that did not sit well with them. And once shooting was finally finished, it said Fox was so displeased with the initial cut of the movie, the studio discussed throwing the entire movie out to start over with a total reshoot. Um, so this we kind of have to go back to why everything went to crap. So in addition, the original script, um, the original script director Josh Boone and career Natalie Turnin did not deliver on what they had pinched. It, um, punk Rocky rebellious teenager are already baked into the exit but here one of the characters was a misogynist and graffitiing his penis on stuff the, there were head scratchers um one of the big ideas fox had an issue with was with storm being the movie portrayed as a sadistic jailer it felt like the kids were being tortured one source explained if the mutant if the not mutants but if the x-men are holding the mute, young mutants there it can't feel different from the mental furniture that audiences bring into the theater knowing the X-Men are the good guys. Storm like this made no sense. At this point, a number of writers from Fallen Our Star screenwriters, which Boone had directed previously, um, Scott Newstadter, I, I apologize to, I apologize, I cannot pronounce his name, and Michael H. Weber to Chad H., uh, to Chad Hayes and Carrie W. Hayes, they did The Conjuring, uh, Scott Situmer, yeah, they um he did the Robocop remake in 2014 and Seth Graham Green, who did uh, Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter, with Boone um revolved around the door with Boone fighting Simon Kimber as the studio executives try to change the movie into more of a straight straight horror film. Mm -hmm. Um things came to a head before cameras rolled in 2017 with a round table assemble made up of some of those uncredited screenwriters and Logan scribe um Frank uh, Scott Frank. 
Um, they delivered a roundelay of critiques, pointing out lapses in logic, defects of humor, and undeveloped characters. Still, Boone pushed back. Following the merger, the Fox Disney merger in 2017, executives were unsure what to do with the movie following uh, Principal Vitara being, being completed. A, re a release uh, scheme on either Hulu or Disney Plus was seriously discussed before committing to a theatrical release. There's also the theory that Disney, and I mentioned this a little bit earlier, but there, there are also the theory that Disney is bound to an ironclad legal agreement obligating to put um, mutants out in multiplexes before VOD. So, yeah. yeah. It looks like uh, more went on to on the set than I than it was initially imagined. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I mean, just just from all the script from all the script issues. And again, I'm also disclaiming we have we both have not seen the movie, mm -hmm. and um, we don't know when we're going to be seeing it. So this, I mean, I knew stuff had went on on the set, but I didn't know I didn't know that there, I didn't know about the script issues. Me neither. So that that was the whole thing, and it kind of. It paints a weird light on the movie sort of yeah so, so there's that and yeah i mean it's just again it we saw, sounds like it's a mess i mean yeah it sounds like it's a mess on the lines of let's say uh fan four sick mm -hmm. which uh oh i yeah oh yeah. sorry i remind my sorry i reminded myself of that <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyways, um, moving on. Um, so that is the end of our entertainment news. Mm -hmm. And now on to my recommendation, my review slash recommendation of the week. Um, this week, I recommend and review, everyone check, I recommend and review Lovecraft County. This is the new show on HBO from creator Misha Green and produced by J.J. Abrams and Jordan Peele. Um, the premise of the show is that Atticus Freeman, played by uh, Jonathan Majors joined his friend Lita Lewis, played by Jeremy Spillett-Bell, uh, Birds of Prey fame, and his uncle Lewis, played by Courtney B. Vance, to embark on a road trip across 1950s Jim Crow America in search for his missing father. Um, I watched the first two episodes, and it was great. Cool. That yeah. Good. Yeah. Um, the characters and acting were taught not, not to mention, as especially as a um, Black viewer, as an African-American viewer, um, it's super relevant to what's going on right now, especially in the U.S. Um, again, I can't wait for the next episode, and I just, yeah, no, this, I, I, I had mean, I, I was going to check this out sooner or later, I just, just like, I decided on my, I guess like Tuesday night or something. I threw on a p. I threw on a pizza and be like, okay, let me let me actually watch this. Yeah. Yeah. Also, um, I for some weird reason for a while I call I kept calling it Lovecraft County, but in reality it's called Lovecraft Country. Oh, okay. Which has a double meaning, especially if you do if you kind of know the personality of H.P. Lovecraft, who was kind of a racist and a, just a xenophobic person, and it means a whole lot. Usually yeah. within the context of the show. So again, I highly recommend everyone check it out. It's on HBO. Go check it out there. And yeah, that's that's it for our episode today. Yeah. Um, make sure to make sure to find us on uh, Spotify. We're gonna be on Apple soon, Anchor, mm -hmm. Stitcher, and all all bunch of platform platforms of your yeah. choice. So yeah, I'm Josh. I'm Jamie. And we'll see you next episode. See you next episode. Bye. Bye bye.